Thank you, Katie and Kate listeners. Thank you, Pedro, for a great show. Thank you for joining me on Meet in the Middle, a show where we share dialogue on complex issues with local thought leaders with differing opinions. The hope is for listeners to gain new perspective and empower freedom of expression. I'm Dan Richardson, and today's topic is Growing Up Gen Z. What's your story? My guests today are Genesis Ramos, who is a 2021 graduate of Roaring Fork High School and a first-generation college student at Colorado Mountain College, and she's also a family navigator at Valley Settlement. Thanks for joining me, Genesis. Thank you for having me. You bet. Uh, my second guest is Lillian Islanik, who is also a 2021 graduate from Roaring Fork High School. She's a student athlete at Colorado Mesa University as a track and field athlete. Maybe a star is a better word. <laughs> Uh, and a fourth-generation Carbondale native. Welcome, Lily. Thank you, Dan. All right. Um, so thank you both for being here and exercising your freedom of expression. Not everybody's willing to do that, so I really appreciate it. Uh, it takes courage uh, to come on air and express your opinion, so thank you. For me, there are few things as powerful as stories, especially personal stories. I truly love learning the stories of others because not only do I learn about the person but it shapes my perspective and inevitably increases my awareness around the issues that are part of your story. So to both of you uh, Gen Zers, uh, you've also, your generation is called Zoomers and digital natives. Um, you graduated from the same high school. You're both in college, but you each have your own story, and that's what we're really curious to, to dig into today. So maybe to, to help provide a little more context than I did in my introductions, I'd love for each of you to share a little bit about your, your respective stories, and maybe we can start in the beginning about childhood, um, your family, whatever you want to share about how you got here today. Um, and Genesis, since you're closest to me, I thought I'd start with you. Of course. I'd love to get us started. Um, well, when I arrived here... For the very first time after I was born here and moved to Mexico when I was six, it was for fourth grade. Um, I moved here to Carbondale. I was living with my aunt, and I was here for fourth and fifth grade. Then I had to move back to Mexico um, and didn't return until my junior year in high school, which was back in 2019. Um, the transition was hard, uh, especially as being uh, older, trying just to get accustomed to how Everything works very differently from what I was used to over in Mexico. And the whole idea of making friends again and just um, trying to get used to the environment was very difficult. Uh, thankfully, my teachers and classmates made it easier by joining me or inviting me over just to be part of, of the community um, and so on. I graduated, and then now I'm in college. I work for Valley Settlement. Um, but definitely starting the college process has got to be one of the hardest things I've ever done. <laughs> uh-huh. Hard and confusing and just even now thinking about it, I remember how many nights, many nights I didn't sleep. <laughs> just just being confused about the FAFSA and and like that was a, the big step, like the big first step I had to take. Tell everybody what the FAFSA is. We know what it is. But. Yeah. So FAFSA, that is uh, federal student aid. So pretty much you fill it out when you're going to college. Um, that just tells you what, what it is that you qualify for to receive support from the government in general. Um, you add your income, um, family stuff, um, and then you pick your schools, pretty much. I mean, did I miss anything, Lily? Tax information. Tax too. information, uh, mainly. I'd say pretty much income. How much you make and how much you can receive, depending on how much you make. Yeah. Um, as an emancipated minor, that was a pain. <laughs> it was really hard. Um, what, in, fa- in terms of knowing what uh, process I had to take or how, or how different it had to be from my classmates, you know? Um, 
just the ever since I moved back from my junior year, everything I have to to do just follows a different process, which makes it harder for me because I can't approach anyone with questions or ask for support because what I'd hear is I don't know. <laughs> so uh-huh. it was pretty much the whole idea of trying to figure it out by myself. Um, living with my aunt was hard as well. I mean, I was, I'm the oldest one that was living there. My cousins are much younger than me. Um, they do not speak English. They had no clue either what I was doing. So it was hard to get support from them as well. So it was just pretty much a, a, a fact or a matter of fact, doing it all by myself and just trying to, to dig in and try to get myself my opportunities or the opportunities that work best for me. Gotcha. You used a term that I, I'd never heard before, at least I don't think I have, emancipated minor. What does that mm-hmm. mean? So that is when when you have, I, and I honestly didn't even know I was one of, or categorized as one, um, until my high school counselor um, told me about it, and that is just being in the country with no support, no one to support you. You're pretty much here on your own. Um, wow. which was what I had been doing for years, but I just it just had never been told to me like as a term or how I could use to uh, connect the schools and just do certain processes, which made it a lot easier once I learned. Um, and my counselor helped me get a letter from the district, and then from there on it just all started to flow a little bit okay. smoother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, I got lots more questions, but we'll give Lily a chance to tell her story, and then we'll dig in a little little deeper. Yeah, so I'm definitely the complete opposite side <laughs> of the spectrum hearing your story. Um, I grew up here. I have basically my whole side. My dad's side of the family is all here or in Glenwood. Um, my brother's both went to the same school the same college that I went to so I had a lot of support with different scholarships that the college provides and stuff like that like knowing all the tips and tricks and then also in high school all the tips and tricks with that basically all my cousins went to Roaring Fork so I definitely knew a lot more about like college and how to apply, how to get scholarships, and definitely the FAFSA as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but in my childhood, I would say I had, like, a lot of support from my family and my friends and just with finding what kind of passions I wanted, and it really, like, gave me a lot of opportunities later in my life. Looking back, I had a lot of opportunities offered to me through my family just with the different connections they had because they have lived here for so long and we are such a big family through the valley so yeah I had a lot of different opportunities offered to me for sure um, with my big family and it just made it a lot less stressful going throughout high school with homework or tests um, or sports games or something like that and then also in my college application process knowing what tax information to put in and what not to put in so that I can like receive more money all those like little tips and tricks were very helpful (laughs) Lily, you said you had a lot of support from your family, but I can also imagine that because there were so many Nislanics that came before you, there were some preconceived notions and, oh, you must be this way or you must not be this way. How how was that? You know, it was... I didn't really realize it until high school, all the, like, preconceived notions about, like, my family and how they were and how my cousins were, how my brothers were. Um, But I think I kind of struggled with it in sports, I would say, most in, like, my freshman and sophomore years. Um, Just because I wasn't, like, as athletic as my other cousins or my brothers were my freshman and sophomore years, so... I felt like people were, like, disappointed in me because, like, 
I wasn't doing as good as them or I wasn't proving myself as much. But then I just started trying to... I just started working harder, I think, and getting more support from my brothers and my family. And I think that kind of helped me change my perspective as it's not necessarily a negative notion that all of them are good, but I should try and work harder so that I can not fit into that, like, notion that everyone has, but just try and do as best as I can for myself. Mm-hmm. It's nice when it's inspiration and not a burden. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. You, you want to be good because you want to be good yes. rather than because there's that expectation. Yes. Easier said than done, though, sometimes, huh? <laughs> Um, Genesis, I want to dig a little bit deeper. So you, you moved to Mexico, you said, when you were in between fourth and fifth grade? So I moved to Mexico when I was six, the very six. first time. I okay. was born here and raised up to, up to I was six. Then I moved to Mexico. Um, then I came from fourth and fifth grade. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I moved back. <laughs> and then I came back for my junior year, which was back in 2019. Okay. And when you and I talked a couple weeks ago... You illuminated some issues to me about uh, the schooling in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And tell me about that, the differences. Yeah. I I have this one memory that I don't think I'll ever forget. There was, I've always been very disciplined, very organized with my homework and my assignments. And there was this one time that I forgotten to do um, a worksheet for AP Spanish. So I was doing it before lunch because um, after lunch, it, I remember it was, a, it was a Wednesday, so after lunch I had a class. And I was in a rush doing the homework, and my friends were around me, and I don't, I don't even remember what they were doing. And then they mentioned to me, why are you so stressed? And I said, well, because I, I forgot to do the homework. Like, I need to get it done, otherwise I'm going to get in trouble. And they were like, no, you can just talk to the teacher, and she'll be fine with it. Like, you can just turn in another day. And then sort of my jaw dropped. I was like, what? <laughs> Um, they're like, yeah, you can just tell her and she'll be okay with it. You can just turn in another day. And I was like, no, like, that's not okay. Like, I need to turn in on time. There was a deadline. And I had to, I have to meet the deadline. And a couple of them hadn't done the homework. So, okay. which is why I guess they were so confident in it. So I said, whatever, I'm going to do it. And then for class, um, I just saw how smooth they were with the conversation they had with the teacher and how... It was all okay, you know, how I guess I was stressing for nothing. And where I'm coming from with this is in Mexico, the school, at least, it's, I mean, there's a deadline, you have to meet it. There is no buts. There is no reasons why you were unable to do your homework if your only responsibility is to do school. And moving here, that was like the biggest thing I I saw in my classmates, um, uh, even my teachers did recognize me for having really good performance throughout class and just throughout the semesters, and it was because of the background I had. Um, my work was always done on time. I was always following whichever outline I was assigned. Um, I've always been very responsible with in those aspects, per se. Um, so just seeing how flexible it was here, it made me realize how different it was going to be. And how hard it might have, it might, it was going to turn for me to be here. Um, so that was like my very first exposure to the, to how, like the biggest transition. Um, just seeing how students were not in class, um, like girls dyeing their hair at a very young age, having their nails done when you're like in middle school, doing your makeup and all that stuff, um, and just how different. That is, like in Mexico, that's 100% not permitted. Like, that is just not allowed. You need to wear uniform. You need to look presentable going to school, you know? And that's what I was doing when I had just arrived. But then little by little, I was just trying to change that of me in order to fit. Because I was being looked at weird for being too disciplined, for for being too much, that's what I was being called, when I was just trying to behave appropriately, or mm-hmm. or not, I wouldn't say appropriately, that's a bad word, but just of how I was taught before in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But then just little by little, I was just leaving those habits in order to fit here and just 
be able to have a smoother high school path. Okay. And do you feel that the, I would say maybe the right term is Mexico schools um, were more disciplined? Yes. Than here? Yes. And has that served you well at CMC? For sure. Yeah. That has definitely served me well. Okay. Yes. Um, All right. We are, you are listening to Meet in the Middle, and my guests today are Lillian Islanik and Genesis Ramos, and you're listening to KDNK uh, Community Access Radio. Um, Lily, how about for you? How was, um, you know, you made it sound like it was easy to prep for school uh, because your, your brothers went there and so forth and so on, but you went above and beyond and said, I want to be a student athlete. How was that? How did you feel? Did you feel you were prepared for school? And tell us why or why not. Yeah, I definitely had a untraditional path becoming a student athlete. A lot of times you get recruited since your junior year and you are reaching out to schools and talking to all kinds of coaches, but I didn't really know I wanted to become a college athlete until my senior year and the opportunity just kind of fell right in my lap when the Mesa coaches contacted me. So I definitely would say I was not prepared. It just fell right in my lap and I thought I was going to go to college out of state, not be a student athlete. And then the opportunity came along and I was excited to have an opportunity to do it but I definitely was not prepared and then when I started college um, I found I had a really big passion for the sport and I loved going to practice and finding new connections with my teammates and feeling like I'm getting stronger but I also had a really hard time balancing my academics and my sports because I was just like I just want to be a college athlete Uh like I didn't realize how much the academics play into it so it was definitely a it was a hard transition just trying to get back on my feet and feel ready for everything that I had going on in my life because it's a big toll being a college athlete you it's four or five hours out of my day every day that I'm at practice and I can't go to class I can't work on homework I'm strictly being an athlete during those hours so I had a hard time finding time to prioritize my academics but I think this year I have done miles better just finding the balance and I think it just took time because I wasn't I hadn't thought so much like my senior year of high school. I hadn't thought about being a college athlete. So it definitely took me by surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Based on what you said earlier about, you know, kind of competing with your brothers and your cousins with sports, it sounds like sports has been a grounding aspect of your life. Is that true? Yes. So, so from that standpoint, um, has that helped in, in college to have, you know, you've got this sport that you can, it's kind of a comforting feeling. Yes. it. I honestly don't think I could imagine college without doing a sport. It just keeps me preoccupied. Preoccupied is not the right word, but it, I always have something to do. I made my best friends from the sport, and it's just such a great community to have where they all know what I'm going through and I can lean on any of my teammates for support. And that's such a great feeling because college is so scary. And especially coming from Roaring Fork and Carbondale, which is such a, I feel very sheltered and privileged to have grown up here because it is such a great town. And There's obviously my family's here, but also in the high school, there's such great teachers who truly care about you and want you to succeed. And so going to college, you're on your own. Like, no one is going to hold your hand through it. So 
I couldn't imagine not having my teammates, not having my coaches, and not having other athletes at the school who know what it's like to go through a five-hour practice and your body's just dead, but then you have to do five hours of homework. Right. And so it's just great to have that community that I can always go to. Nice. Genesis, what about for you? You've had a lot more change in your life. Is there anything you can look to to say that's been your rock? Your, you know, whether it's family or religion or pets, you know, <laughs> anything that's kept you inspired? Um, I do. I actually have a couple. And now that Lily mentions teachers, teachers do play a major role. I would definitely say in how how you just feel in class and school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all started with my fourth grade teacher, which was Mr. Stone. Mm. Mr. Stone. A.K.A. Danny Stone, local <laughs> Carbondale resident. <laughs> uh, part of my the work ethic I have right now, I definitely say I owe it to him. He was such a great teacher. Um, and I wouldn't just say just in classroom, just outside, how he made me feel included and welcomed and was always open to getting me out of my comfort zone in a way, And which I, thanks to him, I'm like super social as well. Because <laughs> back then I wasn't, I was very shy. Um, and he, he, very, he very much helped me uh, learn English as well. Then it was my fifth grade teacher for math, Miss Leahy was her name um jessica Leahy, and i haven't seen her ever since i came back i hope she's doing good um she was great she was she was so lovely and so amazing and and she she taught me uh the the virtue of loving myself and she told me this one phrase once and and it she said that i wasn't disposable um and that meant a lot ever since um she was great too and lastly, it was, um, she was Miss, she's Miss Adams. I believe so. She changed her last name, so I can't remember. I get them confused. Okay. Mary-Kate. Mm-hmm. Here at Varying Fort. Mm-hmm. Is it Adams? Yeah, right? I don't change? know if it's still Adams. But I think Mary-Kate Adams. Mary-Kate Adams. Know. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I, I get them confused. Um, yeah, so she was my English teacher when I was in 11th grade. Um uh, and she she then too made me feel welcomed and was always there to keep me company. Um, but for sure, my biggest motor per se is my brother. Um, my brother Juan Carlos. He is my everything. He is my motivation every day. Um, just he's what keeps me wanting to keep on growing and improving and and moving on. You know, just pushing forward. He's he's my my little bug, I call him Sancudo, Mosquito. <laughs> um, yeah, those those are like the key people in my life, I'd say. Awesome. Like, thanks to all those individuals, I am who I am now. Okay. But it's crazy for me to think how it all started with my fourth grade teacher, Mr. Stone, mm-hmm. up to now. But I'm about to be 20, and I'm still here remembering all those teachings they all gave me throughout my life. That's great. That's really great. I'm sure he would be so happy as well as miss adams uh to hear that um i want to shift a little bit because you got you both lived through a a really weird time in high school covid and i'm curious so covid hit uh in the middle of your sophomore year right junior year junior year yeah um and tell me um lily will bounce back to you how did COVID impact your life? And, and how was it to live through it? And is there any residual impact? Yeah. I think from an academic standpoint, it just made me like lose a little steam. I felt like I was really, I had a lot of motivation. I had a lot of drive to do my best and I had really great teachers my junior year, and I was really interested in all my classes. And then COVID hit, and we had to go online, and it just made me lose a little motivation for the interest in my classes. Um, But I think it affected me most 
from my athletic standpoint because I was very I wanted to I was actively reaching out to coaches before COVID hit about doing volleyball in college and so when COVID hit I lost all motivation to reach out to them because I didn't have enough film because my season was cut short I didn't have my strength I didn't have the reps of going in the gym and hitting balls and getting better so I felt like I was getting worse and I just lost motivation to try and reach out to coaches because I didn't feel like I was at my best and I lost a lot of confidence in myself athletically so it definitely switched my life path 180 because I thought I was gonna go to college to play volleyball and and Genesis, you were making a big transition. Tell us about the timing yeah. of moving back and how COVID impacted you. It was way harder, <laughs> for sure. You know, just the whole, and it may sound crazy to you guys, but just the whole idea of using a computer yeah. was super hard already to me. Wow. And Mexico, like, if you have to turn a 20-page essay, you have to do it by hand, handwritten. Wow. Everything, no computers in Mexico. We're still old style over there. <laughs> I mean, not not anymore. Now they're more modernized after COVID, but back then when I was there. So that was definitely hard for me. Um, and then it started affecting me besides my academics. It was emotionally, just how, you know, you had to stay home. I couldn't see my brother for a very long time. He He's lived with his dad and I was living with my aunt. So we couldn't see each other. That was very hard. But he was in the... United States. Yes, yes, okay. but he was living with his dad, um, and I was living with my aunt, so it was really hard for us to see each other. So that was um, that really hit me hard. Um, and then the economic aspect of it, I that's when I started working. I started working at Walmart, and my priority at the time was not school. The last thing I was focused on was school and my grades. I was very focused on making money and and how I was able to support myself. You know, I was I was scared of living in a pandemic and and just never experiencing that before so can i interrupt for a quick second because i don't know if you've mentioned to you were essentially on your own when you moved back here Mm -hmm. you were living with your aunt but you were you were earning money to make ends meet right Mm -hmm. can you for sure um so when i moved i started working at ross uh the retail store over in glenwood that's where i was working and i saved enough money so it could last the school year because I didn't want to get distracted. I wanted to focus in school. I had heard that junior year was the most important um, year of high school. So I really wanted to get it together, all A's. Um, I mean, I have always been a straight-A student, so I just wanted to keep it that way. And I just um, just had that narrative that it was going to be hard because I was transitioning and I was moving. So I worked a lot throughout the summer. I saved money um, for that school year. But then I had to just buy the essentials, pretty much. <laughs> I had to sustain myself, and everything is incredibly expensive here, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I ran out of money. So then the pandemic, I, I remember I had like around 1000 left. And then we go on spring break, and everyone was telling me about their plans because we were having two weeks of spring break <laughs> and stuff. And then, oh, surprise, we're never coming back. Um, so now I just came up with a plan of getting a second job, and then... Uh, or not a second job, like uh, getting a job, pretty much. So then that's when I applied at Walmart, and then I just started working and working and working to make money. But then I was um, I was hired as part-time, but then I was just having the full-time um, hours. So then I'd get home super tired, um, just do homework, not really engage in classes and stuff. So that really brought my academics down. But then towards the end, um, I I was able to see my friends. Uh, we were all okay with seeing each other. We really missed each other. So we got together. We were talking about how we were doing, what we needed, where we were at in school. Um, and we all realized we were doing terrible. We were all doing really bad. Like, kind of mentally and emotionally. You mean. Yes, yeah. yes. Everything. <laughs> everything was just killing us at that time. So we started doing a 
study sessions together, I remember we'd be on FaceTime, all of us, and we'd support each other. Okay, you need some, you need help with calculus? Okay, you need help with Spanish? Okay, you need help with English? Like, we'd just be helping us all. I remember we'd go to sleep super late, just doing homework and getting the assignments, and we even talked to our teachers, like, hey, sorry, for it's late. Like, can we just please do it? Like, even I did that. Um, that before I was like, no, I'm never going to do that. I fell into that, too. <laughs> Um, and thankfully, we did. We did pa pass all our classes, but um, uh, before that, it was just really hard, like, in all aspects. I mean, it was already hard when it was normal, per se, and then COVID just made it way harder after. And, and looking back now, have you worked through all those challenges, or do you feel some residual challenge? Uh, no, I definitely say it. I could definitely say I've worked through them. Um, thankfully, like... COVID was a time that helped me reflect and understand how how grateful I should be for where I'm at um, and for what I have in general. I guess just we never realize how lucky we are at times for what we have until certain things get taken away. Like you never know what you have until you don't have it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It was mostly learning. Learning and reflection throughout COVID. So we all became a little more tech savvy with COVID. That's for sure. Definitely. <laughs> Zoom. Definitely. But uh, as Gen Zers, you're also called digital natives. And I find it kind of fascinating. I still um, am not on any social media. I technically have a Facebook account. And I just I can't fathom. There's nothing that gives me more anxiety than being on social media. Um but I'm curious, for the two of you, Lily, we'll, we'll go back to you. What's, how would you describe your relationship with technology and social media? Is it a good thing? Is it overwhelming? What, what do you think? I think it's such a double-edged sword because it's so good to meet, like, meet people, connections, you can just put yourself out there in a way that I don't think was possible before social media. Mm -hmm. Like you can build so many personal connections, so many business connections. You can find jobs through social media. I think that's a really great thing. But I also think there's a side where it just got nasty, like from the beginning, from the inception of social media I think people just used it as a way to hide and then spread negative attitudes so I think it's really dangerous in that way and I think there needs to be something done I don't know what the answer to that is but I think it causes a lot of problems for young people who are just fed all this hate on social media and these hateful ideas and think it's just okay to spread that but then again you go back and you can create so many great relationships and you can continue relationships with people who live far away who people who live in different countries you can talk to your family if they live in different countries so I think that's a really great thing but I don't know it's such a hard thing for me to say if it's good or bad because I think there's so many good things but then there's also so many bad things well because you you say in the beginning well the beginning of social media was really the beginning of your yeah. childhood really um, do you feel like you've been able to moderate the ugly stuff now that you're you know essentially an adult and or is it still is there still a lot of ugliness or can you keep that at bay yeah I'm definitely thankful that I'm older when the hatefulness is around because I know as a more mature person, I know what to look at and what is right and what is wrong and what I want to consume and what I <clears throat> what I don't want to consume. But I think for young children who are growing up, today where the hatred is more common I think it's really dangerous for them because young people don't exactly know or they don't have 
the maturity or the wisdom to know what to consume and what not to consume and what they want to think and what they don't want to think and they're just very impressionable so I think I'm very thankful that I am older now and I know what I want to consume and what I don't want to okay Genesis technology social media friend or foe (laughs) oh gosh it's a tough one and I think it all starts with limits Uh, nowadays technology gives access to everything and anything to everyone pretty much everyone has access to everything and anything Um, you can post something as little as a funny video and it'll get spread really quick same as if you post something negative it'll get out there very quick Um, I think just understanding and learning how to use it appropriately it's like the best way to go but at the same time how can you tell that to a 13 year old who's going through puberty who is being rebel who is wants to do all this crazy stuff because it's old enough to do whatever they want you know um so me personally i do use social media um but i don't use it as much as people my age um, like I, I just downloaded TikTok, by the way. <laughs> um, I just downloaded it because my brother kept on bugging me with it. But just little things as that, just learning how to keep things in a limit and how to have measure, measurable use of it. Like Lily says, there's a lot of negativity and a lot of toxicity. Uh, thankfully, since um, I, I, can, I consider myself pretty mature. Um, I am able to understand what's like the best use of it and what's not. But then how do you, like once again, how do you tell that to a younger individual who's just guiding and navigating through it? I just think it's it's about like limits and, and understanding what's good and what's not. And what about, you talked about social media, but you also mentioned that coming back to uh, Roaring Fork High School as a junior, you hadn't had a lot of computer experience. Do you feel like now you're as computer literate as all your peers, or are you still a little bit behind? Oh, I think um, thanks to COVID, I mean, something good, I guess, you have to get out of it. Thanks to COVID, I am a lot better. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember even we had the app Infinite Campus. Uh Oh, gosh, that was so hard (laughs) for me. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, Or Schoology, too? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know what I was doing, and I have been on computers my whole life (laughs) i can't imagine uh but yeah definitely i'm a lot better yeah i can do a whole powerpoint presentation and everything wow with transitions and all that (laughs) yeah you're listening to kdnk community access radio and the meet in the middle show i'm dan richardson and my guests today are genesis ramos and lily nislanik um let's pivot a little bit and um i thought Lily, I did a little homework on your family. Um, you know, I Uh-oh. felt like I knew some stuff, but, you know, the details of the history. And one thing that kept resonating with your uh, grandfather and your uncles was that ranching was a good life. And they thought about doing something different, but they said, no, this is a good life. So I would love to hear from each of you, because you're pretty young, especially compared to this old guy. What would you consider a good life to be? <laughs> and you don't. Well, <laughs> I'm not looking for details, but um, I just think that's a pretty yeah. in- interesting phrase. Yeah, I think, especially going to college, I've grown a lot closer to my family, and have been working on building my relationships with as many family members as I can. And I think through that, I've just realized that I think a good life to me would be being educated also has become a lot more important to me because I'm paying for my education. So it's a lot more important to me Mm -hmm. rather than high school, which is free and given to me. So being educated, finding a job that is within my education and can provide for me. But other than that, where I feel satisfied and like I'm doing something for my community or something 
people around me feeling like I'm giving to them and then also feeling like I'm being an active member of my family and supporting them where they need and hopefully them supporting me where I need and just being around them and making sure that I'm spending time with them and being a good family member. So chances are there there's going to be a lot of them around here <laughs> as they are now. So that good life probably means staying in the valley and yeah. Yeah, I think I don't I try like I said, I try not to think too far into the future, but I think right now being with my family is very important to me. Okay. And so many people myself included when I was your age thought about um you know, my career and I studied architecture in college and, and that's, that's what my good life was based around. But you're saying, no, it's more about family and connection to the community. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. 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 Okay. Genesis, how about you? That's definitely a tough one. I'd say it's a very tough question. Um, and that's something I had thought about. I think just having that satisfaction of I've done good. I would, I would definitely say, um, what do you mean by that? What would it mean to, yeah. So working for Valley settlement, um, has helped me expand my thinking and understand just once again, how, how lucky I am, how privileged I am compared to many of our community members. Um, and like I've mentioned many other times, I, I love what I do. Um, because it gives me the opportunity to learn and grow as time goes by. So I definitely say a happy life would be just being okay with what you've lived. Because I don't like to look too much into the future as well. Just, you know, live it as, as it goes. Of course, it's not just like you're not thinking about what you're going to do next. It's not that at all. It's just... I feel like once I'm old, I'm going to look back and just be so happy and content with where I'm at because of everything I did before. Um, But it all comes with the component of being around your family, being around your friends, um, doing what you love, doing what you like, um, and just staying passionate and just growing and being open to learning for sure. I want to drill down to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying because you said some powerful things in there. Um, you talked about doing good, and my immediate thought was, well, you work for Valley Settlement. They do an amazing uh, mm-hmm. amount of good to our community. But you also talked about simply being okay with what you do and yep. who you are. Um, are they different? Are they the same? You know, I think it goes half and half. And it all comes from not comparing yourself to others. And this is something that's very diff- very difficult for people around our age, yeah. especially with social media um, going around. And it's just focusing focus on yourself. Try not to think about what others are doing or trying to be better than others. How about you just think about being better than you were 10 years before, eight months, last week, last night, you know? Um, and just focus on yourself. And then that's when you're going to notice how much growth you can have and how much impact you can have on yourself rather than focusing on those extra little things that are surrounding you. Because I feel like when you grow within yourself um, and you mature, that's when you start understanding all the beauties of life. Wow. That's pretty deep. Um, (laughs) Would you both say that your... Your perception or your view of a of a good life, do you feel like that's representative of your peers or no? I think my my view or me wanting to be educated, me being passionate about that, I don't think I share that with a lot of my peers, even in college, because I talk to my fellow peers at college and my teammates and I've found that a lot of them are just doing college just to get a degree or they're just there to play their sport and like they happen to be getting a degree as well and I think 
that's been something that has kind of struck me going to college and has been different from high school because I feel like a lot of people in high school, their goal is to go to college. So we all share that goal. But then once I was in college, a lot of people weren't as driven and they would be like, oh, I'm just going to skip class. Like, it's not that important. I'm not going to do this assignment because it's only 20 points and that's not going to affect my grade that much. And so I think that was something very different when I went to college where I was like, oh, a lot of people don't really care about having an education and having a degree where they're passionate about what they're going to do with that degree. Any thoughts on that, Genesis? Um, you know, I've been saying this a lot lately at my job, and it is I'm I'm going to school for for business, particularly accounting, specifically mm-hmm. I should say, accounting. And I just love so much what I do right now. I'm so passionate about it that I mean, accounting has nothing to do with community work. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, um, it really has nothing to do with it, but. Uh, just uh, being a like a first generation college student in a Latino family, Latino family with a billion of barriers in the way. Um, I would definitely consider my way of thinking different than people around me. Um, just by as simple as just having their parents support here in the country, like just having someone that can have your back and can support you in that aspect is already a lot, which is why I've I've always been considered mature for my age, which I am, and compared to people my my age. I mean, I I go to to college full-time, and I have a full-time job, and I still manage to have a balance within my social life and just my mental health, um, which can be hard, can be hard for age. And just, I, as I see others, I learn from them, and that just helps me understand how we all have different perspectives, even though I may have someone who is from the exact same place as I'm from in Mexico. We are still very different because the amount of opportunities and the amount of support we have is still, like, not related at all. So I just say I I just see my peers. I see people around me as as help for improvement. Okay. Uh, we have about six minutes left. Uh, trying to decide how many more questions we have. Why don't Why don't we take that a little bit further? And so that's your perception. Um, I asked you that last question because I think you both are quite mature for your age and uh, have a pretty healthy view of life, um, which is one of the reasons I want asked you to be a guest today. Um, how do you view older generations? What's um, What's what's different? We're talking about you being a Gen Zer. What about us old timer Gen Xers and baby boomers? And <laughs> um, do you see any big difference? Things that you want to aspire to, or things that you want to avoid? If you don't, it's okay. But I'm just curious. I mean, I think it's just experiences. I think experiences are one of the most important things through life and they teach you the most things about who you are as a person who you treat how you treat others and how others perceive you and so I think just the only way you can learn that is through time and growing older and so I think that's the biggest difference between us and you is obviously you have a lot more experiences and you've interacted with a lot more people and you've learned how to interact with certain people and how not to and I think that's something that I really value is learning those interactions and how I interact with people and something that I want to continue working on as I get older yeah I definitely I definitely believe that older generations have so much to teach and inspire us as younger generations i mean um there's a saying in spanish that says the devil knows more for being old than for being a devil 
and that is something I have always heard from my uncles. And it is because, you know, when they just give you advice or they just have those little talks that many people think they're annoying or they're just uncomfortable to hear, it's just because they want to support you and they, they just want you to better yourself, to have a better life than they ever did, you know? Yeah. And how how much it matters the decisions you take in life and how it is it that it will affect you in the future. You know, as simple things as, you know, doing good in college, getting a degree, how much more opportunities you will have with the college degree than, than if you don't, if you just finish mm -hmm. in high school, which is not bad, you know. But then there there comes the um, the little balance of, of how someone with a college degree will have more open doors than someone who doesn't. Yes. Um, so just as things as that, I feel like the older generations have so much to teach and, and inspire so much, at least me personally. Um, I do tend to ask older individuals like for some advice, some help, some support. So I, I do think you guys are very special <laughs> and very important to us as younger generations. So thank yeah. you, Dan. <laughs> I, I will say, though, that about to turn 50, I realized that <laughs> I've built my truth over 50 years, and now my challenge is to let go of that truth as I unlearn things because my truth isn't necessarily your truth. And uh, so wisdom has its place, but yeah. understanding other people's truths is pretty important. I want to close by asking, we've got about uh, two minutes, so maybe a quick response from each of you. Um, challenges, what, what, what do you think the rest of the world could learn from your story? Um, or what have you learned that, you know, you just think might be informative? I've learned a lot of new things about both of you, but what do you think, what would be your answer? Whoever wants to go first. Um, the biggest thing I've learned throughout my life, and especially through my family, is just the value of hard work and how far that will get you. Mm -hmm. And seeing the difference of even, like, my teammates who don't work as hard, and then my teammates who work as hard as they can, it's such a difference, and I see it in everything, in every aspect awesome. of my life. How about you, Genesis? Uh, to me, it's just taking care of yourself. Uh, regardless of anything you need to do, anything you got to get done, anything you want to accomplish, take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, you will not be able to accomplish anything you, you want to do in life. I mean, if you're not feeling good, if you're not doing good, then probably your performance will not be as good so just having that in your mind is always good yeah i am so impressed with both of you and i'm so grateful that you spent some time with me today thank you genesis and lily for joining me please stay tuned for uh, more meet in the middle shows covering many diverse topics you're listening to kdnk public radio thank you, thank you both thank you Seven years tomorrow since we said our vows.